0: Film Fair Kim Manchpar Honge, Ranbir Kapoor, Karina Kapoor Khan, Karti Karyan, Varundhavan, Janvi Kapoor, or Sara Ali Khanke electrifying performances. To Huchayatayar for Hindi cinema's biggest celebration. Watch the 69th Hyundai Film Fair Awards 2024 with Gujarat's Tourism on Sunday, 18th February, 9 p.m. Only on ZT
1: I'm Rod You're listening to the Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. This week Tobias Wells' Neo-Gothic Tale of Small Town Terror, A Die in the Country. Starring Peter Marshall, Susan Strasberg, and Andrew Duggan. In Elliot Lewis's production of The Zero Hour.
0: The Mutual Broadcasting System presents
2: The Zero Hour. Sponsored in part by Baker State Motor Oil and Beach Nut Chewing Tobacco. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
1: never easy to pick up and move to a new community. There's always a necessary period of adjustment. Young Boston detective Newt Severson and his wife Brenda are now in the process of adapting to their new surroundings. They've just moved to the quiet suburban town of Wellesley to await the birth of their first child. They've settled into a recently remodeled three-story Victorian house with a small patch of New England woods on one side, and Miss Mercy Bird, mystery writer in the town recluse on the other. Directly across the street lives Wellesley's most prominent citizen, town selectman Rudolph Wharton, subject of current gossip concerning the recent desertion of his wife. As Detective Severson soon learns, Wharton is being harassed by a series of anonymous poison pen letters accusing him of his wife's murder. Back at his desk at the Boston Police Station, Newt Severson finds that Precinct Captain Granger has a further crime report from Wellesley. Newt Severson is beginning to question the advisability of his move to the country, and he has yet to meet the rest of his neighbors. A die in the country will
3: continue in a moment. Vista means Volunteers in Service to America. I started out as a business major in college. I graduated as a business major. Uh, I got into Vista because I wanted to really do something. I chose this as my line, and when I'm getting into it, it changed my whole life. I went through cultural shock. I found out what types of people really need the help, and what's really happening in our country in, in the back areas. There is so much to be done, but I could say that if a person anywhere has an interest in doing something, there are programs for them. VISTA is one viable means, but there's, there's so many ways of really getting involved with people. VISTA gave me my first start to work with the problems happening in this country and to really get down to earth and work with the people that need it. Volunteer for VISTA. Vista is one part of
2: action. Action is doing something. There is something you can do. Get into action.
3: As if the threatening letters sent to Rudolph Wharton weren't enough. Now we had even more to worry about. Obscene phone calls, a whole rash of them. Seems that some kook got hold of the Wellesley phone book. The calls are occurring systematically to nearly every house in your town. Every house? And the caller seems to be working right through the book. Sometimes from the front of it, sometimes from the back. What ploy does he use? Well, he claims he's a doctor doing a survey. His research, he says, calls for answers to a number of questions. And he starts off nice enough. Pretty soon he's into the interviewee's sex life. Now, you know how it goes from there. Some of the ladies in your town are pretty upset. Hmm, I can imagine. But why did Torres call you? Uh, what's the Boston connection? Well, they'd been tracing the calls when they could, but the caller has he's been jumping all over the place. Once they thought they had him. Months ago, when the calls first started, a series of them were traced to one Wellesley number. Turned out to be a family on an extended vacation. And the nut, whoever he is, had made an entry through a cellar window. Never stole anything, he'd just used the phone. They stake out the place? Yeah, sure. But of course, by then, the guy found himself another Michi. After that, he used pay booths mostly. Once, even the telephone in the high school principal's office. And you don't know how he managed that. Don't <laughs> tell me he's operating all the way out of Boston. Well, the latest calls have been traced to, of all places, a phone booth at the aquarium here. This one sounds like a real weirdo. Uh-huh. Aren't they all? Torrance wants us to stake it out, and since you have a personal interest in the town, I thought you'd be the man to do it. Has he established any time pattern? And they call in their phones at night or on the weekend. Only those hours when most women are home alone. That figures. Any voice description? Hmm. Nobody seems to agree. So maybe there's more than one nut at work. Anyway, he could be young, he could be old. Any chance do you think that he might really, really be a doctor? Hmm. There can be a twisted mind in any profession. You know as well as I do, anything's possible. Yeah. It's what my wife calls a cop's suspicious nature. She's already accused me of looking at everybody in Wellesley as a suspect. Hmm. Poison pen letters, obscene phone calls. Sounds to me you have reason to. So I waited out the day at the Boston Aquarium. But Wellesley's elusive sex nut continued to be the one that got away. At Captain Granger's suggestion, I stopped by on my way home to report to Police Chief Torrance of the Wellesley force. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that you got sent on a wild goose chase, Everson. Today he called from a pay booth in Dedham. You got a quick trace on no, he's aware we're putting traces on him. This time he simply announced to his victim where he was calling from. Then he told me he alerted you to the crank letters being received by Rudolph Wharton. Yeah, he asked me to keep an eye out since Wharton lives right across the street from us. All right, we'd appreciate that. There isn't any doubt about that letter you received from Mrs. Wharton confirming her whereabouts, is there? I mean, no suspicion of forgery or anything. Good God, man. Wharton is one of our selectmen,
0: remember? Oh, all right. I'm a cop. I know better. So I placed a person-to-person call to her that I paid for myself. Didn't want it to show up on the department phone bills. Our selectmen have to approve all monthly vouchers.
3: So you actually talked to her, then?
0: Well, she talked to me is more like it. Told me off for wasting my time tracking her down when I should be tracking down the people sending their letters. I'd like to have
3: a copy of whatever record you have of the calls and also photostats of the Wharton letters. Oh, you can get both of those from the clerk on your way out. Hey, now, I guess I'd better be getting home to my wife. Well, let's hope our women don't get the idea that there's some kind of fiend loose in our streets. But in point of fact, There is. <laughs>
2: Me,
4: honey. In the living room, Newt. Come on in and meet Mrs. Farley.
3: The Farleys in the house catty corner across the street. I remembered Mrs. Parsons' rundown on them. A congenial couple with the two potential teenage delinquents. I walked in and saw a faded blonde in a red pantsuit sitting across the coffee table from Brenda.
4: Gloria Farley, my husband, Newt. Pleased to meet you. Oh, I was just apologizing to your wife for not having come over sooner. I keep rather busy running a house with two children and holding down a job as well.
3: I I can understand that.
4: I can't imagine it. Just the thought of a house with one baby and it scares me. (laughs) In particular, I came to invite you and your wife to a party this Saturday evening. Our house. You'll meet my husband and a few friends. Oh, that sounds nice. It'll be our first evening out in Wellesley. Oh, then I'm glad I thought of it. Late but sincere, that's me.
3: Thanks for asking us. (laughs) It's just what we need, really.
4: Good. Well, it's nice to have new neighbors, especially compatible ones.
3: After Gloria Farley had left while Brenda put the finishing touches on a meatloaf dinner, I was going to get busy on that homework I'd asked Chief Torrance for. But instead, it seemed mine hair was late for his dinner, and Brenda asked me to go make sure he wasn't out squirrel hunting again.
5: Here, yeah, kitty, kitty, kitty. Come on, mine hair. Hey, hey, where are you, Cat. If you're looking for your cat, I think I may have him.
3: Is this one yours? He is? <laughs> I didn't think he'd cross the street. My name's Severson. You're Mr. Wharton. Yes. <laughs> and it's my fault. I, I like cats, and he's a beautiful animal. I lured him over. He's not used to all this freedom. We've been apartment dwellers in Boston. Uh, you're a detective, I understand. That's right. Well, our crime here is of a... Of the minor variety as a rule. And not much of it at that. That suits me. I'd get enough of it on the job. Care to come in for a drink? Oh, thanks, but I think my dinner's on the table. I'll have to take a rain check, if I may. Of course. Wharton gave mine hair one final stroke and handed them to me. And as he did, I was struck by a curious resemblance. There was a look about their eyes that seemed the same. His and the cat's. I said goodnight and walked back across the street, running my hand thoughtfully across mine hair's glossy fur. I found myself wondering which look it had been. That of our formerly docile house cat, or the killer it had become. We're going to take a lot of trips this season, to
2: places that you may have seen before. To stores. To school. Out to the swimming pool To the dentist To the market We will
0: take our car And park it. We're still taking A lot of car trips These days But these days Most of them are Short trips Unfortunately Short trips are Tough on your car Because it never Gets the chance To really warm up Enough to eliminate Harmful deposits Things like rust Grit and acid They build up And before you know it They start doing Lasting damage To your engine Short trips call for the high-quality protection of Quaker State Motor Oil. Quaker State is refined from 100% pure Pennsylvania-grade crude oil, the world's choicest. Then it's fortified to protect your engine against deposits and keep your car running young. Now that you're taking more short trips than ever, it's nice to know you can find Quaker State more places than ever.
2: Quaker State, your car, you keep it running young.
0: We'll return to our story in a moment.
6: Even if someone served them a slice of beef they couldn't bite into it, their teeth are too weak. I'm not talking about some people over in Africa or Asia. I'm talking about Americans, American children. It's tragic how many thousands of them are in this country whose teeth will literally rot in their mouths because they'll never receive basic dental care. They may not even own a toothbrush. What hurts is that it takes so very little for any one of us to help them. The same dollar, for instance, that buys you two packs of cigarettes can buy three American children the first toothbrushes they've ever owned. I'm Cliff Robertson. Won't you give up some cigarettes so some American children can have their first toothbrush? Send your dollar to Americans for Children's Relief, Box 5050, Stamford, Connecticut. Box 5050, Stamford, Connecticut. $1 And of course if you can afford more Give more
3: Chief Torrance was right about the obscene phone call list. It was hard to find a handle I charted the calls on a calendar and didn't come up with anything beyond my own frustration I thought I had a thread four calls on consecutive Mondays from a pay booth outside the Wellesley Railroad Station between the hours of 830 and 930 Could be a commuter but then the pay booth number dropped from the list and was never used again. Sometimes he called four or five days in a row and another time a week went by without a complaint. Of course, maybe that was only a time when those women he called hadn't bothered to report it. That was too often our problem. On the one hand, there were the cranks who bothered us about nothing. And on the other, there were always those who came up against real crime and kept it a big, dark secret, even from the police. By the time Saturday night came, I was ready for that party at the Farley's and curious about who was going to be there.
7: Hello, sir. Come in and name your
8: poison.
3: Gloria Farley beckoned us into the high-seating living room and gestured us toward the bar set up on top of a baby grand piano. Obviously, the Farley's were more drinkers than music lovers and, as it turned out, drama buffs. All of the people invited were members of the local little theater group a kind of unisex couple appropriately named Chris and Christine, a second couple, the Kletts, Harvey and Angel, and Dolly Celine, a buxom redhead who instantly established her status as a widow in a plainly seductive tone of voice. Then we briefly met the Farley children, Delilah and Greg. I say briefly because they were both obviously eager to get out of the house. Perfectly normal for two teenagers when their parents are throwing a party. However, Gloria Farley was perturbed with them for rushing off in front of company.
4: Delilah, I want you home at a decent hour, do you hear? And Greg, don't be in such a hurry. Please drive slowly. Do you have your house key? Oh, shit. They never want to stay home anymore. Oh, here's Arlen, my husband.
3: There was a sudden whir of a motor, and we followed Gloria Farley's gaze to the top of the stairs. At that moment, a chair device came gliding down the staircase bearing Arlen Farley, a big chested man with a full head of wavy white hair and a wide smile that revealed a mouthful of sparkling white teeth. At the foot of the stairs, he rose from the chair and walked toward us.
0: I had a coronary last year, and the doctor recommended this chariot. It's kind of fun, and it makes a great entrance.
2: Very impressive.
4: These are our new neighbors, Ireland, Brenda and Newt Severson. I'll fix your ginger ale. Ah,
2: thanks, honey. Yeah, I had to get off the hard stuff. Cigarettes,
0: too, the penalty for a misspent youth. Uh, Gloria tells me you're a cop. Detective, Boston police. What's your business? Prosthetics, small feet. If you ever need a pair of choppers, I'm your man.
4: For goodness sake, I'm sure we have more interesting things to talk about than false teeth. I do. I bet no one can
7: guess what happened to me the other day. All right, then. I'll tell you. Got one of those dirty phone calls. Oh, Dolly, how awful. Oh, well,
0: maybe it wasn't so awful. Maybe Dolly enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, man.
7: don't pretend to be so shocked, Glory. I did enjoy it for a while until... Well, he did go a little too far. You mean you just hung on and let him keep talking to Well, him? at yes. first I thought he was legitimate. He said he was a doctor. Dr. Venable, he said. Uh, Mrs. Selim. Dolly, please, Mr. Severson.
3: Did you report the call to the police?
7: Why, no. Should I have?
3: When did you say this happened? I, exactly. I mean, can you remember?
7: Um, I guess it must have been the day before yesterday, sometime in the afternoon. I certainly don't remember the time exactly. It wasn't that important. Uh, what did he say to you? I mean, uh, well, why did you think it was legitimate? Well, Christy asked for Robert, my late husband. You know, his name's still in the directory. And then he explained he was interviewing married women, or women who have been married, for survey.
3: survey. Mm. What kind of questions did he ask? Yeah, doll,
0: what kind of questions did he ask?
7: Arlen, this <laughs> is <laughs> funny. To start with, just ordinary questions, like how long I'd been married and how long we'd dated beforehand, just things like that. And then what? Well, then he began asking some very personal things. I mean, he wanted to know every little detail. I'll bet. So finally I asked him, is this necessary? And he said, oh, yes, it's a very important part of the survey. And you bought that? I explained that all the information I was giving him would be fed into a computer and be strictly anonymous. And then he told me if I'd answer all the rest of his questions, he'd put me on his paid subject list. He said persons who are particularly helpful to him get paid.
4: <laughs> I'll bet. Arlen, will you stop saying
0: that? So then you answered all the rest of his questions?
4: Mm, yes, yeah, i Good God, Dolly, how could you? Perfectly strange man over the telephone, doctor or not. And when I, they finally
7: got so bad, I said to him, Look, what are you? A dirty old man. And uh,
3: what did he say to that?
7: There was a long silence. I thought I'd made him angry, and then suddenly he laughed. He had quite a pleasant laugh. And he said, Mrs. Celine, I'd like to meet you. Dolly, you, you didn't. No, of course not. I told him that I wasn't going to answer any more questions either, not even for money.
3: Then did you hang up on him?
7: Finally. No. He thanked me and hung up himself. He thanked you? That was nice. He did have a pleasant laugh. He really did. Maybe he was legitimate.
3: What kind of speaking voice did he have? Can you describe it?
7: Mm. Deep. Kind of... silky. Well, to put it plainly, he had a sexy voice. It's the only way to describe it. Oh, darling.
3: I think, Mrs. Selene, you'd better tell all of this to the police.
7: Mr. Sevenson. Note. You're a policeman, aren't you? And
8: I've just told it all to you.
4: Oh, what a
7: dreadful
3: woman. Uh, you mean Mrs. Selene?
4: Just call me. Dolly, you big, handsome policeman. Hey,
3: you weren't jealous, were you?
4: Oh, jealous of her? Imagine going on and on with that kind of telephone conversation. Honey,
3: she's a widow without a man. She must be very lonely.
4: Oh, she wasn't lonely tonight. You spent practically the entire evening with her.
3: I wanted to find out all I could about the phone conversation. I'll bet. Come on, Brenda. What's gotten into you? You never act like
4: this. Well, I've never had reason to before. Of course, I suppose I really shouldn't blame you. It can't be very exciting going to bed every night with an old sack of potatoes.
2: Aha, so that's
3: it. Oh, darling, I don't care how pregnant you get. You'll always look better to me than any voluptuous redhead. Newt. And you don't have to worry about Dolly Celine. She is not my type, first of all, and I promise you, I won't ever see or talk to her again. Yes, uh, what is it, Mrs. Celine?
2: Dolly. You know a man's world is small and getting smaller every day, but there are certain things you still do. You still say what you think, you still pay for the drinks and beach nuts, the tobacco you chew. Weird ideas taking hold, kids won't do what they're told, who knows what this old world's coming to. But you keep your face to the wind, you don't quit on a friend, and Beach Nuts the tobacco you chew. Seems like a man's world just isn't the same anymore, but some things you can still trust, like beechnut Nuts chewing tobacco. Beech Nuts just keeps on getting better. Beech Nuts a lot moister these days, with more taste, less stems. Today's Beechnut, Nuts, fresher, longer lasting flavor. You ought to try it. Girls in bars, girls in pants. A man just don't stand a chance. But there's still ways to show them who's who. You treat your dogs with respect. You keep your traps oiled and checked. And beach nuts, the tobacco you chew.
9: The Zero Hour continues after this. Uh, this is John Bartholomew Tucker. Your body does a lot of talking. It tells you you're hungry. It lets you know you need water. It may warn you, a stroke is on the way. These are some of stroke's warning signs. Sudden temporary weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Temporary difficulty or loss of speech. Sudden temporary dimness or loss of vision, particularly in one eye. An episode of double vision. Unexplained headaches. Temporary dizziness or unsteadiness. If you notice one or more of these signs... See your doctor. This year, over 200,000 Americans will die of stroke. Don't let one of them be you. Ask your Heart Association for further information about stroke and how to prevent it. Helping you to feel better and live better longer is just one of the services of your Heart Association. Give to your heart fund. It turned out all Dolly Celine wanted was more attention.
3: The woman was lonely perfect prey for a telephone nut. She was also more frightened about the call than she acted at the party. She knew she had done a foolish thing, so again I referred her to the Wellesley Police Department, said a polite good night and hung up. My attention at the moment was in full demand upstairs in my own bedroom. The next week or so passed more or less serenely at home while my job provided all the excitement I wanted, and sometimes more than I asked for. When I got home tonight, I was really ready to put my feet up with a beer. But I didn't mind at all when I found company in the kitchen. It was Mercy Bird, and we hadn't seen much of her lately.
8: Busy on a book, that's why. Nobody sees me when I'm writing. How's your cat, by the way? I've had to let Algernon shift for himself lately, so I hope he hasn't been giving mine hair a problem. Mine hair?
3: Here? Mine hair taken to spending a lot of time across the street. It seems uh, Rudolph Wharton is a cat lover. <clears throat> you still don't like the man, I take it.
4: How can you not like a man
8: who looks like Cary Grant on The Late Show? Like they say, you can't judge a book. The man's no good, my mother died in his rest home. You know,
3: I didn't know that mm-hmm. the place is okay, isn't it? I mean good doctors, good care,
8: and bloody, expensive, but I'm not saying anything against the doctors. It's Rudolph Wharton. I blame that doesn't seem fair. Well, you don't know the man like I do. You don't know what he did to his wife. What do you mean? What did he do to his wife? Well, she was a Mayhew, you know. There was Ernestine and her sister Eulalie, and their father, Clarence Mayhew, owned half this town in his day. You mean that's how Wharton acquired all his property? Exactly. By marrying Ernestine Mayhew. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's what happened to Ernestine Mayhew that I'm talking about. She was a gay, lively thing until she married that one. Then she Changed? Changed? how well, she changed completely she became quiet and somber quiet and somber as a grave
7: oh uh-huh. Dolly. Dolly Celine. Dolly, what? I'm frightened. I'm all alone here and there's something wrong. Somebody's outside the house. I just know it.
2: Well, why don't you call the police?
7: They won't believe me. I'm afraid they think I'm something of a pest. Please, Newt. You're only a few blocks away. I wouldn't call in the middle of the night if I weren't scared stiff. Will you come over? All right. Oh. Thank you, Newt. I feel safer already.
3: Whatever you do, if there's someone there, don't let him in. I won't
7: unless he's you. Please, Newt, hurry.
3: The house looked completely dark. I thought maybe Dolly Celine had given up and gone to bed. But then I spied the shades of a colored TV, ghosts moving in a box through the living room window. I got out of my car and moved slowly up the walk, keeping a careful eye on the surrounding shrubbery. It was so dark I couldn't see where the doorbell was, so I knocked. Mrs. Celine? Mrs. Celine? Mrs. Celine? Dolly, Dolly, I can't see you. Something moved on the floor, a sifting of shadows. I felt along the wall, found a switch and flicked it. The hall light came on and I saw her, Dolly Celine, lying on the floor. Dark splotches on her face and arms, bruises and blood, blood redder than her hair. He
7: came out. The telephoner. He came. <laughs>
0: You are listening to Mutual's presentation
5: of The Zero Hour. This is Gene King for your Better Business Bureau. If you're planning a vacation by air, you know it's a good money-saving idea to check with the airlines to see if you qualify for a special fare. You may be able to save yourself a sizable sum of money, but remember, you must comply exactly with the conditions or you'll be asked to pay the regular rate. Now, most airlines, for example, offer two youth fare plans. The cheapest is Youth Fare Standby. In this, you'll be the last of the passengers called and may not get on the flight. Youth Fare Reserve, however, guarantees you a seat on a reserved flight, but it'll cost you more. Discount fares are also offered on long-distance travel, but remember there are conditions. For example, you may have to make reservations two weeks in advance, and for some, three months in advance. You must travel midweek only and return after seven to nine days. And no holiday or peak period traveling on this plan. A consumer tip from your Better Business Bureau. You know, God, but, well,
2: I'm a man, just turn 18. And I'll do what I can to find me a place where I can be me. Get ready for life. about The new Navy. You'll get your chance at success, learn an exciting job, and see the world. If you think you've got what it takes to make it in the new Navy, call toll free 800 841 8000 or see your Navy recruiter. Be someone special in the new Navy. All over the world, so much to do.
1: This time, rest your eyes and listen here to this week's continuing study in suspense. A die in the country. I'm Rod Serling,
2: and this is the Zero Hour. Today's episode brought to you in part by Quaker State Motor Oil and beach Nut chewing tobacco. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio.
0: And once again, rest your eyes and listen here to The Zero Hour.
2: This is the Mutual Radio Network.